check these are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is going to be a fun one. We're going to start looking and digging into the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a 49ers versus Chiefs first look. And there's a lot of information to be gathered uh, before a team ever even squares off against the other one. You want to look at their strengths, their weaknesses. You want to find out players' strengths and weaknesses so that way you can figure out how to attack. Of course, a lot of times you're trying to figure out what their scheme is going to detail. Now, Andy Reid's been around for a long time, so his scheme is out there. But he's one of the most creative minds in the NFL. He just finds weird and creative ways to strike, hitting guys in odd situations that benefits his player. He's not afraid to try anything, which makes them very hard to prepare for. And then when you give him the talent that he needs to be able to pull off the things he comes up with, that's when you get a dynamic team. And that's exactly what they are. And on defense, they've got a guy who's hyper-aggressive. It's Spagnola. Spagnola will come at you, and he will come at you from all different ways. So preparing for the Chiefs is not easy. So what you do is you figure out what they like to do as far as scheme, what, how they like to use their players normally, and then you go ahead and see where those players' weaknesses and strengths are and see if you can find ways to take advantage of some of the weaknesses of the players and some of the weaknesses in the scheme because every single scheme has something it's not very good at. Not every scheme can be bulletproof. There's no such thing. So finding ways to attack starts with film. And of course, getting to know your opponent is one of the most interesting things. It's finding out where they go right and where they go wrong and which areas you can capitalize. So that's what we're going to go into. I'm going to bust out with some stats during this as well going to be a fun episode and we're going to be talking all 49ers versus Chiefs starting to get into some of the matchups that are going to be interesting some of the strengths and weaknesses for both squads and just some interesting stats that go into how these teams are going to play in this game I hope you guys will sit back relax and enjoy the episode uh like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already dangerously close to 5k now uh, you can be the reason I get there before the Super Bowl and reach my goal you're listening to the audio platform, 40 hours cutback on Believe. Please give it a five-star rating. And if you're going to bet, bet with Bet Online. It's Super Bowl time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, Bet Online, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. Everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of Gatorade, Bet Online is your number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online today and get into all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. And when it comes to the game, I always like to start with the coaching staffs. And I went over Andy Reid. I went over Spagnola a little bit. Those guys have been around for a while, and you know what you're going to get from them. But you know you're going to get some wrinkles and some interesting things. And so uh, the 49ers are going to be able to pull and draw some sort of information for what they've seen in their other three matchups. So they've met up three times since Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback, and you get a kind of a clear picture on how the Chiefs want to attack. So 
Uh, those guys, we know what they're about. We know how good they are. Those guys are great coaches, and they will beat you in a variety of different ways. And when you look at the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, though he continues to evolve, definitely has a certain way that he likes to attack defenses. He likes to establish a running game. He likes to marry that running game with his passing game and create obviously good looks for his team, whether that is creating voids over the middle of the field because linebackers have to attack the run or by getting into play action, invoking those linebackers to come up again in the run and being able to move defensive players horizontally and vertically to create windows for his quarterback to deliver the ball to playmakers who are very good at catching the ball and creating uh, after the catch. So these everyone knows what he's trying to do. Being able to take away what he's trying to do is easier said than done, but that's what Spagnola is going to try to do in this game. And when it comes to Steve Wilkes, he's going to have to try to figure out the Rubik's Cube that is Andy Reid. Where exactly is he going to attack you? How exactly is Travis Kelsey going to run a route? Because he doesn't necessarily run the route that he's been told to run. And all the while, you've got to make sure you stop Isaiah Pacheco. Make sure that McCole Hardman doesn't kill you on the outside with jet sweeps. And I know you might look at the, the team from Kansas City and say, McCole Hardman, he hasn't really done anything this year. But if you go back to 2022, October 22nd, you will see that, in fact, McCall Hardman was huge in that game. Three touchdowns, and that was a lot of on-the-ground carries in the jet sweep. They put pressure on the 49ers' edge defenders, and why wouldn't they again? You watch the playoffs, and you see the 49ers are struggling on the edge. The toss crack has been huge. They've been taking advantage of it. So that is an area of weakness for the 49ers that I'm sure Andy Reid is going to look to take care of. So when you're going through your matchups, that's what you're looking for, areas where you can attack. Now, Steve Wilkes, he's not a moron. He knows what's up. He went back and watched those as well, saw how Kansas City was attacking, is now going through a plan to make sure that that isn't the case again. Yeah, you may have got me last time, and it wasn't even me. It was D'Amico Ryan's. But you may have got us, but you're not going to get me again. So that's exactly what the 49ers are doing, pulling all the information they can from games that they played against the Chiefs, from the Chiefs playing like defenses. Uh, so it's been a lot of work, I'm sure, for these coaching staffs, but they're getting a clear picture on what they have to do uh, in this football game. Now let's take just a small little uh, snapshot at how these teams rank as far as some of the rankings. Offense, the 49ers rank second in the NFL this season. They were number one in explosive plays down the field. A dynamic offense for Kyle Shanahan this year. Brock Purdy, a big reason why. Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayudibo, just so much talent. That's where you're going to go the right way. Now, when you look at the Chiefs, they were ninth best. So even though the, the Chiefs weren't really acclaimed as one of those top offenses, they were still top 10 in the league. Patrick Mahomes can still do it through the air. And Isaiah Pacheco helped lead a rushing attack. That averaged just over 100 yards a game at 104. So they still are dynamic, um, but not as dynamic as before. I mean, just you know, 2019, they were probably one of the most dynamic offenses in the entire league with Tyree Kill and everyone, and they averaged you know 28 points per game. Now they average 21, so they've definitely come back down to earth as far as points per game. That is not one of the top offenses in the league yet, Overall combined yardage with scoring and everything, they're sitting at ninth. When you look at defense, the Chiefs are ranked the, six, the second best defense in the entire NFL, and that is their calling card right now. 
They are playing lights out defense, a really good secondary, fast, athletic linebackers, and they just have an absolute game wrecker and Chris Jones, a defensive tackle. And you have to treat him like you do Aaron Donald. The 49ers play Aaron Donald twice a season, so they know exactly what it means to have an interior force of that presence in the middle of the defense. And they will move him around. They're probably going to line him up on Colton McKivitz, which is going to be something interesting to watch in this game. But uh, they are strong in all three levels because of the effectiveness of Chris Jones on that defensive line. They have other guys like George Karloftis as well, who's been very good at bringing pressure off the edge this season. So they are a very balanced and very good defense, only allowing 17 points a game. 49ers only allow 17 points a game. So they're both very good. When it comes to passing uh, offense, the 49ers are fourth. The Chiefs are sixth. So these guys are really close. Uh, 49ers averaging over 250 yards. Chiefs just below 250 yards per game through the air. Patrick Mahomes, of course, does Patrick Mahomes things. So you always have to keep your eye on that. Now, when it comes to rushing offense, the 49ers are third best in the league. They average 140.5 yards per game on the ground. And they have been very, very good on the ground, even in the playoffs. So that is a strength for the 49ers. And it could match a weakness for the Kansas City Chiefs, whose defense hasn't been great at stopping the run this season. We're going to get into that in this one. When you look at the rushing attack for the Kansas City Chiefs, they're 19th best in the league. I told you they got just over 100 yards, 104 per game uh, on the ground. It's good. It's not where the 49ers are. 49ers average 36 yards more per game, and that's how you get to those elite levels. Now, these teams have played common opponents. Uh, They both played the Ravens with the Chiefs. Beat the Ravens, of course, the NFC Championship game 17-10. 49ers lose on Christmas, Christmas night. 33-19, we know what happened that game. It was just a struggle. Things didn't go our way. Brock Purdy had too many uh, turnovers, and it just wasn't a good look. Now, the Lions, who the 49ers defeated 34-31 in the NFC Championship game, defeated the Chiefs earlier on this season 21-20. So both the other ones, uh, opponents in the NFC, NFC and AFC Championship games, beat their opponents. So that's a little bit interesting between the two. 49ers, of course, lost to the Bengals 31-17 with the Chiefs beating the Bengals 25-17. So they did get a win over the Bengals. Jaguars, 49ers, and Chiefs both beat the Jaguars. 49ers won 34-3. Chiefs won 17-9. You will notice with a lot of the point differentials between the two, when the 49ers win, a lot of times it's going to be big. When the Chiefs win, it's still low scoring. Their defense is so good. They just shut teams down. Vikings uh, beat the 49ers 22-17. Chiefs beat the Vikings 27-20. Eagles absolutely got hammered by the 49ers 42-19. And the Chiefs lost to the Eagles 21-17. For the Packers, who the 49ers beat in the divisional round, they beat them 24-21. And in week 13, I went back and watched this game just recently, so it's fresh on my noggin. Uh, the Chiefs lost to the Green Bay Packers 27-19. to uh, Green Bay played fantastic in that game. They forced some mistakes from Patrick Mahomes in that offense, and they made plays when they had to make them. So that was a really, really good game, and um, I, I found it very entertaining. So uh, just a, a quick little you know, glimpse at how they did against you know, teams that they each played. Uh, both of them went 4-3. and three. The Chiefs were very good against the AFC. They went 3-0. They were... They were uh, they lost against the NFC. They were one and three. Um, 
And then when you look over at the 49ers, the 49ers were four and three. They were one and two against the AFC at three and one against the NFC. Uh, points four, the Chiefs had what, scored 142-4, 123 against, against common opponents. 49ers scored a lot more points, 187-4, but they gave up more in 160 um, you know, in these matchups. And, of course, a lot of those are uh, some of the teams they played in the playoffs. They've given up more points than they'd like to in that big Ravens loss as well. So that plays a big part into it. But um, 49ers and Chiefs, common opponents, uh, they won or lost against different teams for the most part, but they both went four and three in those seven matchups. Now, the efficiency rankings of the 49ers uh, playoff opponents since week 10, interesting stash co- stat coming from Akash. Uh, offense, the Packers were number two in efficiency. The Lions were number five and the Chiefs number 12. Uh, so that's since week 10. So that's when the Chiefs went on their run to take back over, you know, get to where they need to get and the playoffs. So something to remember the defense, uh, the Packers were number 25, Lions number 27, Chiefs number 12. So the Chiefs are definitely the best defense the 49ers have seen uh, in the playoffs. But when it comes to offense, they have been, they're the third best offense. So uh, 49ers have been giving up points to very good offenses. And those offenses, as far as efficiency, we're the top five in the league. Um, when it comes to the Chiefs, they're just not in that area. Now, when you're looking at strengths of this Kansas City Chiefs team, I mean, you have to start with Patrick Mahomes because even though they are 12th best in efficiency, he's the great equalizer. He comes in there and he can just make things happen when things break down. And Steve Wilkes talked in his presser about there being two plays, uh, the initial play that's called and then the play when he extends and scrambles outside the pocket and is looking to create. And the 49ers have to prepare for both. They have to prepare for the play called by Andy Reid and the subsequent play where Patrick Mahomes is able to get outside the pocket and create something. And in both situations, you have to plaster the offensive player. You can't allow them to get space. You can't allow them to get open. And if they do, those are back-breaking plays. Nothing hurts more than a third and 10 situation. You get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. You flush him out, and then he makes some crazy throw across his body to an open Travis Kelsey because you couldn't keep you know, him in your hip pocket. So uh, it's, it's definitely a Patrick Mahomes effect in this game. He's a definite strength, and the game plan has to revolve around what uh, he's able to do. You need to keep him in the pocket, but you also have to make sure that you get pressure on him and, and limit his effectiveness to have time to find his receivers down the field. Travis Kelsey is another big strength. Uh, It's been well-documented this week that Travis Kelsey goes rogue. He does what he wants to do on these plays, and Andy Reid allows him to do it. And a lot of offensive coordinators wouldn't like that. They want the timing. They want the rhythm, which the 49ers want. They want timing. They want rhythm. You can do what you want as long as it fits within the offense. You know, when it came to Ayuk, he does extra things when he runs his route. As long as he gets to his spot at the right time, Kyle Shanahan doesn't care. But that was one thing he had to learn as a young player was, yeah, you can do those things, but you better be at spot B when we want you there. And since Ayuk has done that, he's become one of the best wide receivers in the league. But this is one of those things you have to get used to is the play concept might tell you that Travis Kelsey's going to be as part of this flood. And then all of a sudden he breaks off back across the middle for no apparent reason because he knows that you know what he's going to do and he doesn't want to run into coverage and he finds a way to get open. 
So you have to be very, very in tune with what Travis Kelsey's doing. You have to make sure you read him consistently. You just have to do your best to stick with him. There's going to be plays where Travis Kelsey's going to get open, and he's, you're going to wonder, why did this guy get that wide open? It's just the way it is. When he does make those plays, hit him as hard as he can, get him to the ground as soon as you can, and just make sure every single catch is as contested as possible and every single tackle is as physical as possible. Make sure they're all legal. Make sure they're in the right spots, no injuries. That's not what you're looking for. But what you're looking for is hard, consistent football play. Another strength for the Kansas City Chiefs is going to be Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, I, I know that this offense doesn't run the ball very consistently uh, for high numbers. You know, being 18th best rushing attack in the league, uh, that it's not saying a whole lot. But when you look at Pacheco, the physicality he runs with, the way he runs so hard, it's going to take a multitude of tacklers to bring him down. You can't see one guy hit him and expect that to be it. You've got a gang tackle in this game. And yes, things have been called into question about 49ers hustle. I'm not worried about that in this game. They're going to rally. They're going to hustle. They're not going to wait for somebody else to make the play. They're going to come in there and light somebody up. That's the goal. Well, Isaiah Pacheco has the ability to run inside, and he has the ability to run outside. So I think he's a real strength for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's going to make sure the 49ers have to consistently give everything they got to make tackles. Uh, if the four years can limit his ability early and not allow him to get going, that can pay huge dividends for this 49ers defense along the way. Uh, when you're looking at more strengths, Donovan Smith, uh, there's another strength there, and I know he doesn't grade out consistently good with PFF, uh, but he's been pretty good this season. Now he's probably going to be tasked with going against Chase Young, and Chase Young's going to have to get some victories there, but I think he's really good. Left guard Joe Thune is normally a huge strength. Now, we don't know for sure. It's looking like he might not play in this game. So that means they're going to go with Nick Allegretti. And Allegretti played a lot uh, for them over the years. He's been a consistent backup in Kansas City. And he played some against the 49ers in 2019 in the Super Bowl. So uh, 49ers know what they're getting from Allegretti. But this is could be a huge loss of Joe Thune. And that could allow the 49ers an advantage with Javon Hargrave. Also, the amount of movement you're going to get from double teams could be diminished just slightly uh, with that change, which we know is huge for the 49ers. They've got to be able to stop, disengage, and make tackles. Uh, Creed Humphrey, the center, huge advantage. The guy's fantastic. One of the better centers in the entire league, if not the best center in the entire league. And so the 49ers are going to have to consistently deal with him, and he's going to help stabilize that interior offensive line. And don't be surprised if you don't see them pull him uh, the way that the Eagles pull uh, Travis, I'm sorry, Jason Kelsey, his also his ability to get to the second level. He's very athletic. He has great balance. He has good hands. Uh, so that's going to be a tough matchup. The jet sweep is a strength. When you've got the speed that you got with uh, Valdez Scantling and you've got especially McCole Hardman and also Isaiah Pacheco, you can go with a two-back set, especially with the now the talk being Jarek McKinnon's practice windows open. He potentially could be back which means two back sets with Isaiah Pacheco going full speed across uh, would give away the play for the most part, but it is in the realm of possibilities. I would expect it to be more of Nicole Hardman. We saw that a little bit in the playoff games and he does have a tendency to fumble the football. So if you get to him, uh, knock that football away. That'll give you a real good chance. And then bubble screens. Uh, they've seen how the 49ers uh, guys on the outside haven't been tackling consistently. Uh, 
Um, they're going to go out there and they're going to they're going to go after those forced defenders and make sure uh, that they can make good play. So I think the 49ers are going to have to stop these screens early. They're going to have to make sure they set hard edges. They're going to have to make sure they take care of the horizontal offense screens, jet sweeps. You have to make sure you stop them if you want to be successful in this game. Now, they do have weaknesses, though, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Jawan Taylor's a big one. They're right tackle. He leads the league in penalties. Uh, he does a lot of holding, a lot of grabbing. He's a little slow sometimes out of his out of his kick slide. So I think that Nick Bosa is going to give him a lot of a lot of hurt, and I think they're going to try to chip and help. Uh, they were very aggressive at cutting Nick Bosa's legs. They're probably going to try to do that again. They're creative to go after him with running backs and things, and so going to be cl- close to where he's in the box or out of the box. If he's out of the box, they can't hit him in the legs being in that wide nine, but if he is, they can. But I think that's a huge advantage, 49ers. And also Trey Smith, and I know Trey Smith has had a really good season as far as blocking. His blocking grade has been very good this season. Um, but when I look at when I look at his, his, uh, his play during the playoffs, I just felt like there were opportunities to be able to attack him. There were opportunities to be able to have Armstead win, and that's exactly what you want is him to – be taking advantage of, and I think they can. He grabs, he holds. I know our referee crew doesn't give a lot of those holding calls, especially the ones we're going to have in the Super Bowl, but this could be an advantage for the 49ers. And then receivers dropping passes is a huge weakness. MVS uh, has been dropping a lot of passes. We've seen other guys as well uh, putting the ball on the ground. Kadarius Tony don't even know if he's going to play. Uh, he, he drops a lot of footballs. So a lot of times pivotal plays in the game, you can have some drops, and we just seen those benefit the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. So I think that could be a big concern for Kansas City. Tight coverage, uh, tough moments lead to getting your eyes upfield. So make sure you hit them hard and make sure they feel every single hit so that way they start getting those eyes turned around before they secure the catch. That's when you get some drops. And then penalties have been huge, and Juwan Taylor, the big reason why. They just can't have those penalties that is for sure because when you have those penalties that's when you're really going to have some big time struggles so let's take a look at the defense a little bit of course their strength has to be chris jones and that pass rush that includes george Karloftis and mike dana um they have been very good this year now they're going to take a huge hit with the loss of charles aminahue uh the charles aminahue being out and of course 49er fans we're all huge fans of charles aminahue uh, but he's going to be out with the knee injury. And the sack percentage for the Chiefs, uh, for the Chiefs this year, their leaders, Aminahue was the number one in sack percentage. He got home in 2.7% of snaps. Chris Jones is second with 2.1, and then George Karolaftis with a 2.0. So they're going to be missing one of their most efficient pass rushers at Charles Aminahue, and that's one less person for the 49ers defensive line to have to worry about. I think that's going to be huge in this game is you just have to make sure uh, that you're, you're keeping Brock Purdy upright. And they do a very good job of getting after the quarterback. Uh, since week 10, the Chiefs defense is number two in pressure rate. They create pressure on 44.4% of the time. A lot of that comes from Spagnola's timely blitzing. Uh, so it's going to come down to Brock Purdy, the offensive line, being able to pick up those blitzes, and then Brock Purdy being able to get rid of the football and staying upright. Because if you don't, you're going to be in a world of hurt. And, you know, when you blitz Brock Purdy, you kind of do it at your own peril uh, because Brock Purdy's been good. 
And here's an interesting stat. Brock Purdy is 10 of 15 for 112 yards and four touchdowns versus cover zero this year. The cover zero is man coverage. Brock Purdy's eating it alive. Uh, so Kansas, when Kansas City runs it, uh, they only ran cover, cover zero on 22 snaps. So they're not about running man, really. But on those 22 snaps, they're 6 of 22 for 55 yards, one touchdown, and two INT. So uh, they don't do it very often. But when they do, they, they somewhat struggle. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if they, inch, if they go that way and they, they run some, uh, some zero coverage. I kind of don't think they will, but it's definitely a possibility. Now, another stat, uh, the Chiefs defense blitz. Uh, they blitz a lot. On first down, um, they are the number three team in the league with how much they blitz. On second down, that's the number one time they blitz. And third down, number six. Brock Purdy graded out as the best passer against the blitz with the highest passer rating this season. So uh, Spagnola likes to come after the quarterback, and Brock Purdy is the guy that normally handles the bit. Uh, he gets after them in a big way, and he he likes to make some big-time throws. So uh, have, not having all your pass rushers, Charles Minihue being out, could be huge and pivotal. But the 49ers still have to worry about Chris Jones, and you have to worry about him being inside. You have to worry about him being outside, lining up at defensive end. You also have, you know, Carol Loftus, who's been very good this year. And Mike Dana, you get to go against Trent Williams. Have fun. Uh, I think that's going to be tough. He had six and a half sacks this season. But now you're going against, you know, the real beast uh, that there is. And one more note on the on the defensive line is they bat a lot of passes down. And Chris Jones tied for fifth in the league with five at George Carol Loftus with four. And we saw early on in the game last week, we saw Hutchinson and other Detroit Lions getting their hands up and knocking the ball away. They took away an RPO, which would have been a huge completion uh, to Brandon Ayuk. And they also forced a interception by getting contact on the hand and ball of Brock Purdy. So uh, those are some things that we're, the four yards are going to have to monitor and make sure they find nice windows, moving guys around horizontally to create uh, areas for Brock Purdy to be able to throw the football. Now, another strength for their defense is their secondary. Uh, Legereus Sneed and Trent Duffy have been absolutely fantastic this season, and they just are absolutely good in all categories and all levels of that defense. You throw in the fact that they have really good safety play coming from Justin Reed. Not only can he play in the box, but he can play the deep third. Uh, he has been a solid player for them. And then also Mike Edwards has been good as well. So they have a very talented secondary. It's been one of the best in the NFL this season with how they've played. Their pass defense was the fourth best pass defense in the entire league. And you just put on the film for one second and you realize how good they actually are. So uh, they don't give up very many yards. They don't give up very many touchdowns. And the four yards are going to have to be effective against them. Now, if you go back to October 22nd, Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback of 2022. And the 49ers had some pretty good success throwing the football against the Kansas City Chiefs. He was able to score points. There were some mistakes, red zone turnovers that ultimately led to the Kansas City Chiefs pulling away in that game. But there were opportunities for the 49ers offense down the field to make plays. Kittle was having a good game. Ayuk, Debo, uh, McCaffrey was in his first game ever as a 49er. So it, there were opportunities, and I think the 49ers can build upon that. But their secondary is top-notch. They're going to battle you every single play and they have a chemistry where they work together so well. So I, I think the 49ers are going to have to work hard to make sure they can find opportunities 
to get things done against this very good secondary of the Kansas City Chiefs. If one weakness uh, persisted, it would have to be with the, the run game. Now, their linebackers are pretty good. They're fast. They're aggressive. They're good in coverage. And we heard George Kittle already mentioned this week Nick Bolton. And Nick Bolton is a good linebacker. He's very fast. He's a solid tackler. And then they've got two other guys, Willie Gay and Drew Tranquil, who are going to be uh, effectively running all over the place. They do a good job, especially in pass coverage, and that's why their pass coverage as a whole is good. But where you find a weakness is in that run game. They were the 18th best rush defense in the entire league uh, this year, and they have some. They give you some opportunities to be able to run the football against them, and that's exactly what you have to do. You have to make sure you can get consistent runs against them. Since week 10, yards per carry allowed, they were fourth. Uh, worse than the NFL. They give up 4.8 yards per carry since week 10. So they give up 4.5 on the season, 4.8 in the last part of the season. They uh, they are allowed fourth worst yards per carry in the second half this season, but the opposing teams have run the ball the seventh fewest times. So if you can consistently run the ball against them and you can stay ahead of the sticks with a consistent running game, you might put a lot of hurt on that Kansas City defense. Now, Teams haven't been able to do it. They haven't run consistently against Kansas City. And when you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side, it really is important to have effective run game. And I think that's going to be one of the keys to this game. Chiefs defense since week 10, uh, their EPA per play, 19th. Success rate, 9th. EPA against the pass, 13th. EPA against the rush, 30th. Uh, And then explosive rush rate, 20th. They give up the edges, and they give it up in a big way. You can have explosive runs against this defense, and guess who is one of the most explosive running backs in the league? Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey is going to be called upon to have a really big game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, it's going to be one of those situations where the Chiefs know the 49ers want to run the football. So early on in this game, let's see how Spagnola plays it. He loads the box. It might be on Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan and these playmakers to loosen it up with some easy throws, find some opportunities to get the ball in the playmakers' hands, and as they go back to their two-high safety look, that's when you can go back to attacking in the run game. Now, if they come out and they just say, you know what, we're going to play it balanced, we're going to play it by down and distance, the 49ers could have some real opportunities in the run game to be able to reel off some big explosive carries and really change the dynamic of this game on the ground. Yes, it's got to go hand-in-hand. You don't just run the football to run the football. You do have to run it successfully. Now, you have to keep them honest, of course, even when you're throwing. So occasionally, you have to go ahead and give the ball to Christian McCaffrey if they haven't softened up just to see what you can do. But I think the 49ers know what they have to do as far as getting the ball in Christian McCaffrey's hands, 140 yards per game on the ground for this 49ers offense. Now, one thing I've noticed on my preliminary uh, film review or what I'm going to give out there. You know, I'm going to save some of it. We have more episodes coming out this week. I hope you guys will join me for all of them. But one weakness I found, and it's something that I want Kyle Shanahan to see on film, and I, I know he will, is when the when the Chiefs put Chris Jones at defensive end, it, it's, a, it's a weakness for the 49ers. I mean, that was one thing Mike McGlinchey struggled with was stopping Jones because of his size, and he still has great speed and power. And then you have Colton McKivitz out there now. And I'm sure that's a matchup that the Chiefs like. Here's the problem. When they do that, they leave themselves even more susceptible to the run. So if you can get into a third and three, third and two type situation 
and they move Chris Jones out from deep tackle to DN, run the football and run the football up the middle. They have a weakness. I seen the Packers take advantage of it. And that when Chris Jones was out there for obvious rundowns, even uh, that's when you just run away from him. You go ahead, you trap him, you go somewhere else and you have an opportunity to make play. So one preliminary note right there, Chris Jones outside, take advantage of running the football and maybe the 49ers can get a little bit, uh, you know, some free yards here and there, but that's just something I saw on film. There's going to be a lot more coming your way. So this was the 49ers versus Chiefs Super Bowl first look. Hope you guys all enjoyed it. Uh, like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already on that push for 5K. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. And just like always, there's going to be plenty of content coming out during the week. I hope you guys will join me for all of it. Uh, but until then, everybody stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way.